I'm Aaron Schlein, and I'm here to help you turn your love of travel into a thriving business and a dream life. This is Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Yo, my friend, Aaron here, and you have landed on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs, where you will learn from the best in the biz how to turn your love of travel into a thriving business and a dream life. My friend, podcasting plays a huge part in my dream life, and it can do the same for you. Unleash the power of your voice and start your podcasting journey today. Head over to Dramatic Podcasting. You can read my story and enroll in my free podcasting mini course to help you start your podcasting journey the right way. That's dramaticpodcasting.com. All right, my friend, off we go with today's featured guest. Her name is Kate Erickson, and she's joining us from Puerto Rico, which is in the United States of America. Welcome to Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Kate, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you? Doing great, my friend. Kate Erickson is the creator, the engager, and the implementer at EO Fire, and she's also the host of Kate's Take, the EO Fire audio blog. She's also the author of The Fire Path, A Beginner's Guide to Growing Your Online Business, and she is a major contributor to the recently released podcast journal, which helps new podcasters go from idea to launching their podcast in just 50 days. Kate has been a virtual friend of mine and a mentor on my podcasting journey. Kate, once again, welcome to Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. Thank you. Such an awesome introduction. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to be here and chat with you and your audience. Sweet. My pleasure to have you. Now, I mentioned that you are joining us from Puerto Rico and you relocated to Puerto Rico a couple of years ago, which I find Absolutely amazing. And I love following you on uh, Instagram, by the way, because it gives me a little peek into island life. But your decision to move to Puerto Rico was partly, if not entirely, a tactical business move. Can you share that with our audience today? Yeah, for sure. So it was actually twofold. So John and I had been exploring. We, we were living in San Diego, California before this. And there we were getting pretty pounded with taxes, one of the highest state tax percentages plus federal tax. So we were paying just about 50% tax on all of our earnings, which is insane, right? So obviously happy to contribute to this amazing country that we live in, but you know what I mean. Uh, so we were looking at no tax states, so like Texas and Florida and New Hampshire, and we were like, okay, when it comes to 13%, there's not really another state that we feel like we would love living in enough that it'd be worth the 13%. Then we heard about Puerto Rico, who offers what's called Act 20, and this is an incentive to move your business to Puerto Rico for a flat 4% tax rate. Now, before your eyes go like way googly and it sounds amazing and it is amazing, John and I were also really looking to get ourselves out of our comfort zone because at the time we had been in California in San Diego for I think going on four years and we were just like, holy cow, time flies when you're in an amazing place like San Diego. And we'd been talking about traveling more and really taking advantage of the location independence we built with our business. But we were never doing it because San Diego is awesome. Our family was there. Everything was all good. So we're like, what if we uprooted ourselves and put ourselves in a totally different place where like we're not so super comfy and maybe that will help us like actually start taking these 
travels and vacations and adventures that we keep talking about. So that's a twofold. Taxes was definitely a part of it. Another part of it was like, hey, let's shake things up. Let's get ourselves out of our comfort zone. And moving to Puerto Rico definitely did that. Well, my audience, of course, is made up of entrepreneurs looking to build business around travel. So many of them are living outside their comfort zone all the time, and I'm, they can certainly appreciate what you're selling there. So there's that one piece of the the tax breaks that you get in Puerto Rico. But one of the one of the key caveats, though, is you have to live there for some certain percentage of the year. What is that? Yeah. So there are a few caveats to it. It's not like move to Puerto Rico and everything's all good. Um, It's definitely a rigorous and in-depth application process. You have to be accepted. Um, You have to, you know, show them every type of way that you earn money in your business. You have to prove that you are more connected to Puerto Rico than any other location. Um, So the actual days is, uh, I believe it's 183. It's basically you have to be here more than you are someplace else. All right, so there's definitely definitely some some fine print to it, but it's certainly an interesting at least an interesting possibility for indep- or location independent entrepreneurs that Puerto Rico if if you are a citizen of the United States. So I appreciate you sharing that because I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about very much at least not in in my inner circle and certainly love being able to put that out there and let people know that it's a possibility. Now, I want to talk about location independence in just a minute, but first in your entrepreneurial journey, you didn't set out initially to to become an entrepreneur. And I pulled this quote off of eofire.com, said, quote, growing up, entrepreneurship wasn't a concept I was familiar with. I thought everyone went to a job from nine to five, did what they were told to do and got a paycheck. So how did you go from that mindset to today where you're an island living, location independent, seven figure entrepreneur? Yeah, huge swing, right? <laughs> Without question. So, yeah. So that's absolutely true. I mean, I grew up, I had no idea what entrepreneurship was. Both of my parents were like very dedicated, hardworking people. They taught me loads of incredible um, lessons and all of that. But I, I just didn't, I wasn't surrounded by anybody who was an entrepreneur. So I didn't know anything about that. So it came about 2011 and I had been working in the same position for about three and a half years, um, a position that I wasn't really that excited about. And I was getting really frustrated because there didn't seem to be like any opportunities for me to move up this quote unquote corporate ladder I was supposed to be climbing. And that was really frustrating. So I started, you know, feeling pretty down about myself. Like my self-confidence was lacking big time because I thought like I go into this job every day, I crush it for the people. I'm an amazing employee. You know, I had a lot of confidence in that. But then I'm like, why am I not getting what I want? Like, why am I not getting a raise? Why am I not getting a promotion? And after three and a half years of that, it kind of wears on you. And there was a, a promotion opportunity for me at this job that I was really excited about. I went out for it. My boss was encouraging me. She's like, you're totally going to get this. I've already talked to the hiring manager. It's yours. And so I went out for that position, formality, did the interview, all that good stuff. And then I get a call from the hiring manager expecting like my acceptance package and like what it's going to look like. And instead, she tells me that they've decided to hire outside of the company for that position, which was totally heartbreaking, seemed like the worst thing ever in that moment, but turned out to be the one of the best things that's ever happened to me because literally Aaron, that moment, I was like, that's it. 
nobody else is going to give me what I want here at this job. Nobody else is going to give me a promotion. Nobody else is going to give me a raise. If I want it, I have to go out and find it. And that day I committed to myself that I would quit my job. I had no idea what I was going to do once I quit my job, but I knew that there had to be something else out there besides the life that I was living at that point. That was my mindset shift. And that's when I started surrounding myself with people that talked about like entrepreneurship and John Lee Dumas actually him and I were next door neighbors at the time. And I would leave every single morning for work in like, you know, my full suit and everything. And he's sitting in the patio working off his laptop. I'm like, what does this guy do all day? Like, why am I going to work and and getting on a trolley and then transferring to a bus and coming home at like 7 p.m. hating my day? And John's just like loving life. So, you know, I started kind of surrounding myself with people who had a different mindset. And that also made like a huge difference for me. Well, I can see how that would that would happen. And my follow-up question then is, you know, you had that that mindset shift sort of forced on you. Maybe it was it was kind of brewing a little bit beneath the surface before you didn't get that big job you wanted. But for people who have like, I'm going to use myself as an example to get a little bit raw with you here. Like my wife is supportive of my entrepreneurial journey, but she doesn't understand it. And I, when I try to talk to her about things that are going on in my mind and through my day, she tries, she tries really hard, but her eyes just glaze over. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to like slowly build, you know, sort of artificially, create that mindset shift, like the one you described for yourself, do you think that mindset shift can be artificially created or does it have to come from a big dramatic life event or just be something you're born with? No, I totally think that it can happen that way. And I've seen it happen that way for a lot of my friends and family, because when I shifted from being that person in corporate America, climbing the corporate ladder, kind of living like this traditional American life or whatever you want to call it, Um, I had a lot, as you can imagine, the people I surrounded myself with and the people I hung out with, that's what they did too. Like that's kind of a natural thing, right? The, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Like the five people I spent the most time with also hated their jobs, also had, you know, nine to fives also came home complaining about it. And so I, I've seen since becoming an entrepreneur and since talking to my friends and my family about this, who all thought I was crazy for doing it, by the way, they've eventually very slowly but surely come along. And I guess I should say come around because it doesn't happen right away. And I don't think that you can force it on somebody. They have to want to learn more about it too. But I think that over time, you continuing to introduce new ideas and talk about new things. And you know what, Aaron? I think the most important part of it is them seeing it. I feel like they have to experience it in some way in order for that shift to actually click. Like, for example, my family thought that I was absolutely nutso for moving to Puerto Rico. They didn't understand it. They're like, why are you moving to an island? This is really crazy. You're uprooting your life. Like, what's it even like down there? It's not safe. Then my parents came to Puerto Rico and now they beg me to come stay with me like (laughs) all the time because they experienced it and they saw that it wasn't crazy and they saw that we have this beautiful home and this beautiful community. So I think that entrepreneurship can really be very similar to that. Like once you allow those around you who might not get it right now to experience that, I think that things start shifting. That's interesting. I was listening to to Seth Godin's podcast, Akimbo, the other day. He was talking about people that he referred to as as the regular kind, just the people who appreciate the way things are 
traditionally done and they stay on that path. And it's not that they can't ever divert, but they need just a ton of social proof that something Mm -hmm. works before they're willing to adopt it. And he didn't describe it even as a bad thing necessarily. In a way, it was like a self-preservation tactic. You know, the, the, the species that survived were the ones who weren't always seeking the new and the shiny because those were the species that, you know, died of poisoning or got eaten. But my wife is definitely the regular kind. It sounds like your family uh, were the regular kind, but you were able to sort of kind of tease them along one step at a time, showing them that, yes, there is this other way and it does work, but you got to prove it. You have to prove it over and over and over. You can't just tell them. So that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned location independence earlier and for for a lot of people in my audience and for me as well location independence in being a travel entrepreneur location independence isn't the goal per se but we're working to build personal platforms around a love of travel which if you're successful in that kind of often inherently includes location independence but that kind of freedom that you enjoy Kate requires systematizing your business systematizing your life and what are some of the tactics you can uh, share with our audience when it comes to creating those systems that create the freedom in your life and in your business? Yeah, for sure. It's a great question and something that I didn't even really anticipate necessarily. Like you said, sometimes we start a business, we go on this entrepreneurial journey, not necessarily with the end in mind being that we're going to be location independent. And and that was the case for John and I. Like John and I never sat down and said like, hey, how can we make this business location independent? We said, hey, how can we make this business successful? And location independence was a byproduct of that or a result of making that happen. And so in setting up a lot of the, uh, the systems that we have in our business, you know, it's always one at a time. So I really don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed about setting up systems in their business because it happens one system at a time. And really where I like to start is taking inventory in your business. Like what are the daily, the weekly, the monthly activities that you are required to do in order to make your business do what you want it to do? And the taking the inventory task is really super simple. Just take out a piece of paper or use an online note taker, let it follow you around for one week in your business and just record the things that you're doing. What tasks are you working on? What types of activities are you spending your time on? And if you do this for an entire week and then you spend, you know, 30, 45 minutes at the end of that week reviewing what, where it is that you're spending your time, you're not only going to give yourself an opportunity to identify the things that you're doing repetitively in your business, which by the way, are the easiest things to create create systems around and perhaps the most beneficial because that's where you're spending a lot of your time. You're also going to give yourself the opportunity to identify things that like, why are you spending your time doing that? You know, it's super easy to get caught up in the everyday tasks in our business and certainly easy to get stuck in black holes like Facebook and our email and all that good stuff that, yeah, of course we need some of that for our business, but do we need to be spending like an hour in Facebook No. So there are, um, that would be the first step that I always recommend when somebody's looking to create systems in their business is taking inventory. You have to understand what it is you're spending your time doing before you're going to be able to move on to the second step. Do you want to go through all the steps or we kind of like moving along here? Well, I just like that you've, we'll keep it a little brief just in in the spirit of staying on schedule and being respectful of your time. But I really just kind of resonated with what you say there because in my you know first year of my entrepreneurial journey, I've never been more aware of how many hours there are in a day than yeah. I, I am right now. Even you know in corporate America, which you know is a huge part of my life for many years, 
you know, the days just kind of go by and you move from one task to the next without really thinking about it. You just kind of slug along through your day using maybe 50% of your brain power if you're lucky. But now it's like, I know what's important and I know what I'm neglecting if I'm choosing to, to be on Facebook or, or go down those rabbit holes that, that you described. And just to kind of add on also to looking, you know, looking at your day, looking at your process before when you start creating systems, I found that by going through doing cer- certain tasks, the brute force method, that those are the ones that I cre- can create the best systems for rather than trying to just automate from the very beginning without actually doing mm-hmm. it brute force at least once. Do you find that to be the case or do you just go straight for automation? No, 100%. I agree with you completely. I very strongly feel that you should be the one doing the thing before you try and create a system out of it. Because if you're not in tune with how that thing works and how it needs to be Uh, implemented, then you're going to have a really hard time knowing how to build that system around it. And especially when it comes to, you know, Aaron, I really talk about three different areas um, when you're building a system and it's figuring out what you can automate, what you can delegate and what you could batch. Automation is all about like online tools. And I think that's probably what you're referring to. Um, Delegation is something that you can assign to like a virtual assistant or a a consultant or a contractor. And batching is things that really require you to be involved. So systems don't have to just be you automating things. They can be a mix of any or all three of those things within the same system. So it's really about finding the efficiency. You know, there are going to be things that you still have to do in your business. Aaron, you can't delegate your podcast like you are the host of your podcast and I can't delegate being on your podcast. I don't want to delegate that. I'm here because I want to be here. But there are other things that you can automate or delegate like maybe the editing of your podcast. But I'm totally with you 100% that I think you should be able to go through and do any number of things in your business before you create a system around it. Otherwise, it's really not going to be that great of a system automate, delegate, and batch, Kate Erickson. That's that's brilliant. And yes, b- batching for me when it comes to podcasting, that is how I get get my podcast. That's the reason my podcast has the life that it has because I'm able to batch my episodes and record for sometimes eight, even as many as 10 episodes in a single day that can you know create weeks or months of content so that I can focus on other things during those other days. And that is a nice segue into the next part of the conversation, although you've given us tons of value already and we're just kind of getting warmed up. But I invited Kate on Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs today to talk podcasting and specifically to talk about the new book, The Podcast Journal, Idea to Launch in 50 Days. Now, it's true that Kate Erickson's name is not on the cover of The Podcast Journal, but she knows, I know, and now you, all my friends out there in podcast land, all know that The Podcast Journal is your baby, Kate. Tell us about it. Totally my baby. I started the podcast journal in late 2017. And over about a month or two, I sat down, I created an outline with the help of John Lee Dumas. He was definitely a big part of putting this together and crafting out what someone needs to do in 50 days to go from maybe not even having a podcast idea to actually launching a podcast. Like that was not easy. And we do podcasting as a business, but to really like kind of walk backwards into it was very eye-opening, was super fun. And I'm so excited for people to get their hands on this journal because literally what it is, is you said idea to launch in 50 days. Every single day in the journal, there's a new exercise laid out for you 
that tells you exactly what your next next step is. So the number one thing I hear about podcasting from people who are interested in doing it, they're like, I just have no idea where to start, or I'm feeling overwhelmed and there's way too many steps and I don't get the tech. Or, you know, I'm kind of held up because I think that this should be the name of my podcast, but I'm not really sure. Like any and every excuse or roadblock or stumbling point that you come up on when you think about starting a podcast or when you're in the process of launching it, I can assure you that is covered in the podcast journal. So every day, one exercise over 50 days, you don't have to think about it. All you have to do is do the work and you will launch your podcast. So that's a podcast journal in a nutshell. Well, give us a little a little teaser. Um, presumably, it's somewhere around day one when you're talking about ideas. And for our entrepreneurs out there who are looking to build those personal brand businesses around their love of travel. Now, say you're looking to, to put together a podcast in the travel space. And if someone were to come to you, Kate, and say, I want to start a podcast, and you were to say, well, okay, what's it about? And they say, it's about travel. Your head might explode. I know John's would explode because it's so vague. It's so broad. So what would you? What would be your, your first step to say to help someone who wants to do a podcast about travel, start niching down and finding that focus? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it, Aaron. It's really about niching. It's about finding that specific area within travel that you can really add value to. So there's there's really like three main things when I think of when you just describe that situation for somebody who's interested in starting a travel podcast. One, you you ha- you need to have that idea. So I guess you kind of have the idea because you want it to be about travel, but it needs to be way more specific than that. So that's when the niche comes into play. And then you have your avatar, your one perfect listener. So I kind of see all three of these things, the idea, the avatar, and the niche, 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 whatever you want to call it, really intertwined. Because if I were to tell you that I want to start a travel podcast and then you were to ask me, well, what's it going to be about? You know, I might start to backtrack into why do I, why do I want to start a travel podcast? Well, because I love to travel, but why do I love to travel? Well, because when I travel, I get to immerse myself in different cultures. I learn from new experiences and, you know, I get to meet new people, whatever those things might be. Okay. Well, why would that be important to the person who's tuning into my podcast? Why do they care that I love being immersed in culture and having new experiences and meeting new people? Well, okay, let's think about this not so much in terms of why I love to travel, but what my experience with travel could add to other people's lives. What could it add to my listener's life? Well, I know that I've been through like tons of travel experiences. And for example, last year, John and I went to New Zealand and Australia and I had a roller bag um, carry on, which none of the airlines care about over there. Apparently, like they are like, you need to either have a backpack that's less than 25 pounds or you're going to pay us $60 to check your bag. I didn't know that. I wish someone would have told me that. I would love to share that type of information with other people. So you see, just by taking a step back and starting to ask yourself some of the questions about like, it's a travel podcast, but what kind of travel podcast? What are you going to focus on? Tips for packing. Like you could literally start a travel podcast that's all about how to prepare for different types of trips. How do you pack appropriately to go on a hiking trip? How do you pack appropriately to go on a beach vacation? This could be an entire podcast and you've niched down really super specifically and you're serving and providing massive value to that person who's like, 
I don't know how to pack. Where am I going to find out this information? So I've got those specific exercises in the podcast journal that walks you through everything I just walked through. But that would be one example of how you could kind of ask yourself different questions to get to a very specific place where you're like, all right, I got this. Did you get all that up, my friends? That is that's absolute <laughs> gold. No, that's, that truly is. Now, Kate, if you could go back and do that New Zealand trip again, would you have sized down to a backpack or would you have just gone all in on the great big giant bag for 60 bucks? Oh my gosh, backpack all the way. <laughs> <laughs> well done, really well done. I wish I would have known. Well, plenty of wisdom from Kate regarding podcasting. And of course, there's plenty more for you in the podcast journal. Uh, like I said in the intro, Kate Erickson has been a huge part of my podcasting journey and the avatar she spoke of. Uh, I created an avatar for this show for Dramatic Travels Entrepreneurs. It's about a thousand words long, and I, I tried to get as detailed as I possibly could. It was fantastic, fantastic advice. I highly recommend anyone looking to start a podcast or a blog, any kind of personal brand or content creation that that avatar, that perfect reader, that perfect listener, that perfect viewer, absolutely huge. And if you go over to dramaticpodcasting.com, you can read that thousand word avatar bio and read more about my podcasting journey. And also at dramaticpodcasting.com, you'll find my affiliate link for Podcasters Paradise, which is Kate and John's premium podcasting course and community. So Kate, for folks who don't know about Podcasters Paradise, tell them a little more about what that's all about. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for that, Aaron. Podcasters Paradise, we have now been running strong for five years, which is absolutely awesome. Aaron, as you know, we've created an incredible community in Podcasters Paradise. It's the biggest online podcasting community. And what we do is we put together a membership site with video tutorials, resources, templates, anything that you need to create, grow, and monetize your own podcast. And along with that, we have a private Facebook group. We do monthly live Q&A sessions where we answer any and all of your podcasting questions. And we just have great fun in there. Yep, and I can vouch I am in there. It is amazing. And again, please just check it out. I've got an affiliate link you can check out at dramaticpodcasting.com. It's worth every penny. It's been probably the, the single biggest, most important investment I've made in myself and my business since I started Dramatic Travels. Now, Kate, as we wind down, we've just got a couple minutes left. I want to get a couple just rapid fire parting thoughts from you. Besides John Lee Dumas, because that's a pretty obvious answer, who has had the biggest positive impact on your business besides yourself? Hmm, that's awesome question and a good thinker. You know what? I would have to say my dad. I remember when I was trying to choose between trying to start my own business or join John Lee with Entrepreneurs on Fire, I called my dad and I said, Dad, I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do? And he said, Kate, whatever choice you make is going to be the right choice. And, you know, he continues time and time again to help me gain more confidence in my own decisions, to help me understand that no matter what choice I make, I'm not going to be failing. If Even if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be learning an amazing lesson. And so I would have to say him. He's so super supportive. My mother is too. Uh, bless both of them. They're awesome. So even though your parents are both the regular kind, like we discussed, they are still able to <laughs> offer that clear love and support that gets you on your journey. And I love hearing that. I know I get it from my parents, certainly uh, aspire to be that for my own kids someday. Kate, you've overcome plenty of challenges in your business. And of course, you've helped thousands of other entrepreneurs overcome their challenges. So tell me, what is the biggest challenge in your business in EO Fire right now? 
Um, you know, I would say it's continuing to refocus on the biggest goals that we have in the business. You know, it's something that we teach a lot. It's something that we talk about a lot, the importance of focus. And John loves this acronym, follow one course until success. And as entrepreneurs, we have lots of ideas. We, we have lots of shiny ob objects. We're good at being distracted. And it is really, really tough to say, okay, you know what? I just need to put this project aside because I have another priority right now. And that continues to be something that, you know, we work hard on um, reminding ourselves of every single day. And luckily, you know, we have one another to hold each other accountable. John pretty much asks me every day, like, so what'd you work on today and vice versa. And yeah, I would say that focus, it's so, so critical to your success. Well, this is an admittedly broad question, but where do you see new entrepreneurs placing a disproportionate amount of focus? On trying to be everywhere. They're not focused on creating a strong, solid foundation for their business, understanding who their ideal reader, listener, viewer is. They're more worried about, you know, like, how can I market my business and, and let everyone know about me and grow my audience and make money? And it doesn't work that way. The first step is creating your foundation, creating content that's free, valuable, and consistent. And until you do that, you can't grow an audience or monetize your business. You have to start with the foundation. My friends, we've been talking to Kate Erickson from EO Fire, and the new book is the podcast journal idea to launch in 50 days, which you can check out at thepodcastjournal.com. Kate, before I let you go, we talked about investing in yourself. Tell me, Kate, what is the best investment you've ever made in yourself? Oh, you know what? I would have to say it's the first coach mentor that I ever hired. I hired her for one-on-one -on -one mentorship and then shortly thereafter joined her um, group coaching and mastermind group. And that was my first investment in myself really as an entrepreneur and to date still my best. Love it. Love it. Love it. My friends out there, invest in yourself. You're worth it. Kate Erickson, it has been a pleasure speaking with you eofire.com and of course the podcastjournal.com to check out the podcast journal idea to launch in 50 days Kate it's been a pleasure have a great one enjoy your, the rest of your day down in Puerto Rico and hope to talk again soon thanks Aaron if you create travel content then you know how important it is to truly connect with your audience and podcasting is simply a phenomenal way to create those intimate connections Podcasting lets you use the power of your voice to share your message, change people's lives, all while expanding your influence and growing your business. My friend, podcasting is a huge part of my dream life, and I want to help make it part of yours too. So if you're ready to start using the power of your voice, take that first step by going to dramaticpodcasting.com. And there you're going to find everything you need to start your podcasting journey from how to create and launch your podcast to how to grow your audience and start making money. It's all there, my friend. It's at dramaticpodcasting.com.